between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Lord Jesus, we honor you this morning. We've come again before you with reverence, Lord, and we just come with worship and with our hearts open. And just in awe of you, <clears throat> we approach your, your sanctuary, your table with all this morning. And we bless, we bless you. We are just asking, come and fellowship with us. And Give us access to your thoughts this morning, to access to your understanding, and, and help us to fellowship with, with your spirit. Release the spirit from your heart, your own spirit, the spirit of your mind and of your heart, your, your right spirit. Come and renew the right spirit, Lord, within our heart, Lord, and we ask you to allow words to come this morning that will capture the, the weight of, upon your heart and that you will transfer that weight even to our souls and give us a great blessing. Thank you, Father. Use me, help me to just to flow with your spirit, to access the right, the right frequency, the right tone in the spirit to drive home your message this morning. Thank you, Father. Oh, we give glory to your name. We worship Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Good morning to you. In Jesus' name, please say good morning to someone and just tell them how happy you are to see them and, and just share God's love. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's, let's open our Bibles. Praise God. Um, I still find my heart around the same sort of conversation that we've been having uh, for some time. So um, let's just see how the Lord will the Lord will help us. Praise God. You know, um, things of the heart are difficult to to capture and to to crystallize. So a lot of times you need plenty of words and a lot of wisdom from the scriptures, praise God, um, till, till we begin to see clearly. You know, it's, it's healing of the eyes that they're giving to us, you know, the, not just the seeing of the scripture, but also to, to reach the end of what the scripture is bringing, which is a life, which um, the scripture is shedding light on. And like that man who Jesus healed, he said, after he healed him, the first time he prayed for, he touched his eyes. He said, "I see men like trees." So there wasn't clarity of vision. But thank God for praise God. The Lord is able to make all things plain uh, to our soul by His Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Holy Spirit, we're relying on you this morning. Um, Jesus Christ said uh, that you are the Spirit of Truth. He said, "Who the Father will send in your name, that you will guide us." into all truth. We are seeking guidance this morning. Come and guide us, our hearts, in the name of Jesus. 
praise God. Let's let's see First Peter, First Peter chapter chapter one. <clears throat> Glory to God. First uh, Peter chapter one, let's uh, that verse twenty-two. Uh, it says, "As seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the word, through the Spirit." Amen. So, you have purified your souls, your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit. So what brings about purification of the soul is the obedience of truth. Tell someone obedience of truth. So obeying obeying truth uh, is not just obeying truth, but there is only one way through which Truth can be obeyed, right? It is through the Spirit. Praise God. So truth cannot be obeyed outside of who? Outside of the Spirit. Why, why is it difficult to obey truth outside of the Spirit? It's because the truth is a hidden commodity. Truth is hidden. Truth is not plain. If truth was plain, everybody will be in the truth. Praise God. But the, the truth is actually a resource, is a spiritual resource which only the Spirit of God can access. That it takes the Spirit of God to, to access truth. You, you saw that in John, let's read that John chapter, um, John chapter 16, where Jesus was speaking concerning um, that spirit. Amen. John chapter 16, verse, verse 13. He uh, says that, how be it, um, okay, verse 12, he said that, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But how be it when he, the, the spirit of truth, thank you, Jesus, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, that he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that, that shall he speak, and he will show you what? He will show you things to come. Praise God. So you're seeing that there is something here called, um, it's called guidance into all truth. And so when Jesus was saying that, I have things to say to you now, now, it doesn't mean Jesus wasn't speaking. Jesus was speaking the whole time while he was, at, at least we know from after he got baptized in Jordan. Then when, he, he, of course, he was led into the wilderness and all of that. And after that, he came out of the wilderness. The book of Luke was describing that. And he came onto the wilderness. He went around the coastal areas. And that was when Jesus began to, to preach. And he began to teach. So right from the time that Jesus was baptized, he never stopped talking. He never stopped preaching, and he never stopped teaching. Praise God. And so, but, so this, what Jesus Christ is saying, I have many things to say, is not, 
it's not that he wasn't saying things, but it's, the issue is that they cannot bear them. Do you understand? So it's very clear that Jesus said many things which could not be born, or he couldn't, the people who he was speaking to couldn't bear all the things that he was saying. And then he said that you can't bear them now. You actually can't bear these things. See, you see, now means that, but there will be a time when you will be able to bear the things. The word bear means to carry, or a better word is to retain. Praise God. So it's not everything that is said that can be retained. To retain spiritual things is, of course, is the soul that is the vessel, the spiritual vessel, which the, which the person uses to retain spiritual things. Praise God. So those things which is said that I have to show you um, are the things of truth. You know, Jesus has already said it before. He said that um, the words that I speak, they are what? They are spirit and what? They are life. So it means that Jesus wasn't just what Jesus was saying. It wasn't that he wasn't speaking spiritually. So Jesus was speaking spiritually, but it wasn't the way the souls, were, when the, what Jesus is saying lands on the heart, somehow the truth content will slip through. It will, the, the soul says you cannot bear it. You can't carry it. So I'm pretty sure that when Jesus was teaching, they were able to deduce all kinds of things from what he was saying. But it's possible that what they were able to pick out of is they were not able to retain the truth out of what Jesus Christ was saying. Praise God. But he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, that he will then guide you into all truth. Praise the Lord. For he will do what? Not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, then that shall he do what? That shall he speak, and then he will show you things to come. Praise the Lord. So all truth um, is coming into truth happens with a process of guidance to guide. And in that cause of guidance, that's where um, guiding is more than showing. Do you agree with that? When if somebody showed you, you, maybe you got to a point on the road, and you say, okay, how can I get to this place? And someone came to you and said, ah, you know what, just take this road, and then take the other road, turn right after three roads, then turn left. They just, they've shown you something. It's an entrance of an insight they gave into you on how to get to where you are going. But doing that is not the same thing as guidance. Right? You can't say that the person guided you. For there to be guidance, there has to be a continual participation. Praise God. There has to be what a continuous participation, step by, it's almost like step by step. That is, guidance means instruction, step by step instruction. Amen. Amen. So the, the, the realm of truth or the world of truth is such that it requires step by step instruction. That is the nature of truth, right? And so truth is what the... So spiritual learning, or real spiritual learning as designed by God is the discovery of the truth. Right? Jesus said that 
in the book of John chapter 15. That was just the chapter before this one. Or two chapters, chapter 14. Praise God. He was saying that I am the, the way, what? I am the truth and I am the word. I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. So the truth um, is not possible for Jesus to, to speak life without speaking truth. Wow. Right? It's not possible. When he said that the, the things which I say, they are first spirit and life, but somewhere there is truth in there. That's just my, the point I'm trying to say, that spirit, um, what, br- what brings about the, the knowledge of the truth is the ministry of the spirit, that without the ministry of the spirit, no person can arrive at the truth. There will be a lot of activity, you can see a lot of activity around the truth. A lot of things being done maybe around the truth, but access to the truth is, is a ministry, is a function. Giving access to the truth is a function that's given to the spirit. There's a, there's a, out of the Godhead, there's one of them that is say, you are the one who will be the custodian of truth. That anybody who you don't guide can never come into the truth. Praise the Lord. So you, so you can see that, he said, my, my word I speak. That's why the words that Jesus speaks isn't just life. It's first spirit. So anything that will become life must first become spirit. Right? It's only, it is, it is spirit that, um, praise God. It is spirit. Anything that is not given, is not put inside the envelope of spirit, cannot become life in you. Praise God. It is only because of the, there is the spiritual intricacy of the life of God that it's difficult for the soul to unravel God's life, even though the principles are brought forth. But it takes the spirit, say the spirit. spirit. It takes the the ministry of the spirit to do what? To, To produce life. It takes the ministry of what the, the spirit to do what to, to produce life. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the spirit is an is an interpreter. Right? He's the one who interprets the so the word truth, amen. Truth means a message that came from God. That is the, the meaning of truth. Amen. The, you see here that uh, let's read on in this um, John chapter 16. It says that. And when he shall speak, then he will show you things to come. Verse 14. Then he says, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine. Amen. And then show it unto you. So, meaning that what he's, he's bringing to you is not, is not, when the Holy Spirit is ministering truth to you, is the point where he stops ministering himself. That's the point. So, Holy Spirit's ministry are in different um, levels. They are in different dimensions. In fact, when a person is receiving the Spirit, receiving the Spirit and receiving the ministry of the Spirit are not the same thing. Do you agree with me? So, somebody can receive the Spirit but not receive the ministry of the Spirit. So, but... It's very clear to receive the ministry of the Spirit. You have to receive the Spirit first. And when the, 
the spirit, praise God, comes. That spirit, the way the spirit comes, he doesn't come of his own accord. So the Holy Spirit cannot decide to come to somebody. Do you agree with me? He can't of his own volition, of his own decision. The Spirit of God cannot of his own decision. That was one of the things that Jesus was teaching in, in chapter 14. If you read chapter 14 of John, he was just talking about, chapter 14 was talking about the different comings of God. That was, he was talking about how, how God will come, the coming of the Spirit, the coming of the Son, of he himself, and ultimately the coming of the Father. He was just teaching, of, teaching the the progression of how they will come. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so when he comes, when he came to the Spirit, he was saying that when he, for you to receive the Spirit, I will pray the Father. So it is, he had different things there that is the Father who will send the Spirit. So the Spirit does not come without the Father. And also, the Father, the, the Spirit coming to you is also by, by process of an intercession by Jesus Christ. John was speaking concerning that when he was speaking about Jesus. The one thing that the Lord told him was that this man who you see the Spirit descend upon is he who will actually baptize men. He will be the baptizer of the word of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So, so Jesus is um, the one who is, is through Jesus' intercession. And when you think of Jesus' intercession, don't think only about Jesus praying alone. Jesus' intercession is more than praying. It wasn't when God was sending Jesus to, the, to earth, he wasn't sending a man who can pray well for people. It was more than that. Jesus, when he was speaking, that he ever lived to make intercession for us. What they are saying there is not that Jesus is always there praying for you. That's not what they say. They are saying, praise God. What they are telling you is that there is an intercessory dividend of his everlasting life. He ever lived to make intercession. So the intercession which he makes is the intercession of his life that God cannot see the life of Jesus without that life telling him something concerning you. That's the point of, of the life. That's why Jesus Christ is able to stand. They said there's only one God and there's one mediator between God and man. Even the word, the man, is, that man, his life is a, he's a testament. His life has things to say. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? That, that, that God, when God was raising his son Jesus... God was raising somebody, someone who can stand for man and say things to him that he can never refuse concerning man. Do you, are you getting my point? That's who Jesus is. So Jesus, um, staying in a place of intercession before God, is what is interceding, the power of his intercession, is the power of his life. That's what made him a priest. You know, another word for intercessor is a priest. A priest is he who stands before God and the people. Right? So every high priest taken from among men was taken to offer both gifts and sacrifices for what? For, for many. 
Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. It's raised to minister unto men in things pertaining to God, to minister for men or to stand in the gap for men, according to the book of Hebrews, in things what? Pertaining to God. Amen. Amen. So, so Jesus, when they say that Jesus Christ was who, say whoever lived to make what? An intercession for us. In the other place he said that Jesus Christ wasn't made a priest after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. What does that mean? It means that the power behind his priesthood is the what? Is the power. What, what, what makes him powerful before God is it's called the power of an endless life. So that's the same thing. The power of an endless life is what they're trying to describe when they say he ever liveth. So that whatever liveth is talking about is endless, endlessness of his life. And the product of that is an intercession. That is, are you getting what I'm saying? That because that if a man can rise into such a life before God, then that a life is, is powerful for to intercede. That if, because this, if, a, if a man can inherit this life, then we cannot, we can no longer say that we keep this life from men. We can no longer keep, because a man has a reason, right? That's what we call the power of what? An endless life. So, you, you now see something. I want to show you something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What I want to tell to you is, what I want to show to you is where the, where the, um, where the, I don't want to call it, is the gift or where the treasure, the dividend, the profit of the Holy Ghost came from. Do you see that? Now, it's easy to understand this. Why? Because if you don't understand it, you will not be able to discern the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? You won't be able to discern. Part of the reason why we, we have the attitude of being limited sometimes in our perception of the ministry of the Spirit is because we don't know what activity brought him to us. Like, we don't know what kind of... First of all, we're not aware what kind of... the nature of sacrifice. And we don't, we don't understand what was the conversation that they were having when they decided to send you the Spirit. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? That when they say, okay, we have to send the Spirit... The conversation that was being had, of course, the conversation between the Father and the Son, right, that resulted in the sending of the Spirit. But that conversation was not about your needs in the natural. It was not about your houses and your car and your degrees. Neither was it about your ability to lay hand on the sick and they recover. It wasn't Jesus telling God, God, I need, we need for Christians to be able to lay hand on the sick. And then God said, okay, okay, okay. Let's give them the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Or we, just, we need for them to be able to cast out demons. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, no, let's give them. That was not, not the conversation that, that brought forth the Holy Spirit. Because many of those things, men have been doing them before. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the, the conversation that brought that, the, I'm sure maybe Jesus and the Father might have talked. I'm just trying to dramatize it in my mind amen, to give us... <laughs> To give us understanding is for the purpose of understanding, but, but praise God. Um, so it's possible maybe the father and the, and the son, they were, they, were, they were talking and talking and talking and talking to a point, and they were, they were, they were speaking, and then they arrive at, at maybe God deciding and say, okay, I will no longer hide my life from men. Mm. 
anymore. I'm now, you see my very, I'm Jesus, Jesus' life might have been talking to the, fa- the mm. Father. And see, so you see that, 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 that last life, that end life, the, the very, very treasure of you. Mm. You know I know it, that secret <laughs> life which you have. That as a man, mm. uh, my people, are, you can't deny us that, that secret anymore because of the, the price which you set for such a thing has been paid mm. to you. And that is the, that's the conversation of the blood of Jesus. The, the, God of, the blood of Jesus is, is that thing which it, it, it raises intercession and it, it's, it's the, the blood of Jesus said that blood which speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Praise God. So, so the, the blood of Jesus is the provision out of him that has language that can speak and converse in the depth of God. Concerning the depth of the, the nature and the, you know, you know, God is blessed. He's blessing. And there is the, the ultimate blessing of his eternal life is couched in him. It's his very treasure. Praise God. And the, the blood of Jesus is able to speak about that. And then maybe they now spoke and spoke and spoke and then decided, okay, there's nothing we can do anymore. We have to give this life to man. That's okay. How do we go about it? That's how they thought of the Holy Ghost case. Okay. Praise God. Do you understand that? That was, that was how what the... That was how they thought of, of giving, giving, making the Holy Spirit a, a property of man. That making the Spirit of God, a, you know, you know the, the, the Bible is awesome. The whole Bible is about the, <laughs> the progressive activity of God giving himself. And when you read the Bible, you keep reading it, you now discover that after a while, God gave everything. <laughs> And that there was nothing left again to give. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the good news. Are you seeing that? Praise God. So that, that Holy Spirit who Paul described in Ephesians chapter 1, he called him the earnest of our inheritance. That's the, you know, it's hard to see Holy Ghost like that. Holy Spirit inheritance. What is really the, is the down payment, the earnest of our inheritance, like he said, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Praise God. Amen. So the Holy Spirit of God is then the, is the answer to how the, the alien thoughts of God, the secret mind of God, the, when I say alien mind, I mean the impossible mind of God is how that can come to man or the, another simple way to put it is that the Spirit of God is the one who brings message from God. That message or anything that actually came from God must be enveloped, must be packaged within the envelope of the Spirit. Because only the Holy Spirit can cause things to, from God to, what, to, to come out. Say, I have not seen or ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man. The things which God has what. That's First Corinthians chapter two. Praise God. The, the things which God has what prepared for them that love Him, Amen. But He has done what He has revealed them unto us by by His Spirit. For 
He has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. So it's very clear that all the things which the spirit searcheth are all the things, or he called them in John chapter 16, all truth. So that it will guide you. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, that he will do what? He will guide you into all truth. So it's very clear then that all things in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is not everything. It's not this chair. As you say, when you say all things, everything, this chair, this book, everything, all things, no, that's not what they're talking about. Praise the Lord in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. amen. That all things, amen, amen. is what? For the Spirit such at what? All things. Then they're not qualified. When they're saying all things, is they're not saying all things according to your perspective because there are things that are things to you that are not things to God. Are you seeing that? So it's very clear that all things there exclude things that are not things to God. Things that are not count, that don't count. Do you know that this chair is nothing to God? How do I know? If God comes near this chair, this chair will disappear. Do you, do you, do you, you don't believe that? <laughs> I mean God himself. God is, God is not, um, God is bigger than his creation. If God wants to come and relate with his crea- creation, he has to dis- descend. He has to come down from his, his you know, the, his old state. He has to, he can, he can also, there's a way he can transpose himself into the, into the world, the realm of his creation. Like you see him walking in Eden. It's very clear that he, the God who was walking in Eden is not the eternal God. Is yes, the God who created. They say, what, is there a version of me I can find in myself that can come inside my creation and be walking around? Mm. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? That is, that is the God who came down. But when we talk about God himself, we, we, we have an insight into that later in the New Testament when they were going to teach us how the heaven and the earth will pass away. That is not, they won't light matches to <laughs> burn the heaven. They say when they open his face, the face of him from whom the heaven and the earth fled away, that they can't, this, this being is too, we cannot share the same space with this kind of a being. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? Am I saying something to you? So we're talking about all things. So, You've said that, yeah, the spirit searched all things, and he described even the, the things, the, the word deep things of God. So that which I had not seen or heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man, is the things which who? God. So that place is speaking concerning a specific economy of things, praise God, which God has, has prepared. So... Amen. Amen. That there, in that word prepared, there's a lot in that word prepared. When they say prepared, prepared means that it is not, um, praise God, prepared means that it's a, something that was prepared is a product. If it's prepared and it's a product, prepared means that it's not in the 
native state or the pure, anything that was prepared is not in its native state. Can I? Can you? Uh, that makes sense, right? That if there was, if it was, if you bring it in its native state, I mean there was no preparation done to it. It was just brought the way it is. So, so you now see that when it comes to the delivery of God's things, there's something called preparation. Now, the preparation of God involves two things. There's the preparation of his life, his very own life. And then there's the preparation of the stepping life. So the preparations of God, I know we are, we are talking wisdom of the spirit now, which you guys all understand. We are, we've journeyed so far that you can, you can agree with what I'm saying. That, that when you're, you are coming into the, the, the preparation of God, what's, what God has prepared. The preparation means, um, you know, what, what was God doing with, with man in mind? In terms of how man will come into the fullness of his, of his goodness and all that he has for man. Is that you see that God, first of all, he took his own life. He, there is a preparation of his life. What is the preparation? Is the, is the he took his life and wrote it out and just, it's like a, a, a professor or a school write out a syllable for students for, to come into a certain knowledge. You write it out. That's the preparation. There's a preparation of God's own life. You know, God's life must be prepared. Mm. It has to be prepared. If God's life is not prepared, there, there will not be, the preparation of his life is like the descending of a ladder from him. Okay, come, come and come up through this, through this way. That's how you get terms. And that's one of the way to describe everlasting life is everlasting life is the prepared life of God. It's it's just the difference between that life and eternal life, right? Everlasting life is the is the prepared life of God. Ah, what is, is it? Who's here? That was saying it, that who's, who's going forward? Let's quickly read that, just to buttress my point very, very quickly. Um, let's see Hosea chapter 6. Hosea, Hosea. If you're there, just say, you can just read it from verse 1. It was talking about the. Uh-huh, yes. Chapter 6. Huh? What, what does verse 1 say? Okay, let's return unto who? Uh-huh, continue. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, meeting. He will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us and we shall do what? He will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Okay. Then shall, the, then shall we know. So when you, when you live in his sight, that is also a dealing that, that will make you live in his sight. Then after you live in his sight, what next? Then shall we know. So after you've lived in his sight, you have a life. Living in his sight is a life for knowing. That's... There is a knowing in his sight that man must be raised to live in his sight to know. 
So it means he's talking about another school. There is the school in his sight. Praise God. So then shall we know if we do what? If we follow on to know who? The Lord. Who's that? that Lord is talking about the Lord in his sight. Do you agree with this that sense? That when we follow on to know him, whose word? Going forth is, is prepared as what? Praise the Lord. So, so you can see that the, when you sort of talk about the preparation of God, it's talking about his going forth. Mm. Now, that's, it's not, when it speak about the going forth of God, it's not talking about the, the state in which he's couched eternally, which is, was his state before creation even came about. But now they are speaking about his going forth, that which is when he wants to go forth. It means that there is an extension out of himself that that going forth is prepared as the morning. So there is the, that preparation is one of the first things. That preparation, what, is, what God is the first thing which God has prepared for them that love him. That's the, do you understand what I mean? The, that's the first preparation. But there is a lower preparation that is not in his sight, right? Which is another preparation to raise man out of the pit from where man has fallen into. To raise the soul out of the pit. So it's very clear then that the, the Christ life, thank you Jesus, that the Christ life is the life that God has sent to raise souls out of the pit. That word pit is, I, I can't describe the pit too much for you, but the, the pit is, the, is a life that is below Christ. The pit is a, is a, is a um, amen, is any life that, has, that doesn't have foundation, that has no solidity. The pit is the life below Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, the, so God's going forth, is, his own going forth is prepared as the morning. That word morning just means what come after night, right? Amen. After the night season comes what? Comes the weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh where? In the morning. Amen. So that morning is going forth is prepared as the morning. He's talking about the, the place where the soul will arrive at after its night season. Now, I know that Christ, the Christ, the peak of Christ is the, is the night season. Is, do you get that? Or not just the peak, the, the, the journey, the school of Christ is the, is the night season of the soul. What is the night season? Is that which comes before the morning. Right? That, that which comes before what? Before the morning. What is the morning? The morning is... Day is the dawn of a new day, right? It's the what? It's the dawn of what? Of a new day in the soul. Praise God. It's the what? The dawn of a new day in the soul. And then that new day, it's not easy to change a man's day. Right, the... It's not easy to do what? It's not easy to change what? To change a man's day. Or the, amen, 
the, the word changing of a day means um, praise the Lord. To, you know, it says the, so the, the evening and the morning is what? The first day. Then the evening and the morning is what? The second day and, and all of that. So, so to change the day of the soul is you must bring the soul first into evening. Right? You can't, the soul cannot go from day to day. Like yesterday was bright and then you just shift from yesterday into, into, the, into another day. Praise God. Now, the, these are concepts in scripture. All over the scripture, you start speaking about, hearing about the day of God. The day of God. This is what they're talking about. Right? The day of God is the, is the, is the day that that when they make a soul, if a soul can endure night, so when they say endure night is, is evening till morning. This is, that's the season when weeping may endure. That's just, they must, a soul must, must weep through the night for a day to come. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So the day that will come. Now, when they say what is the weeping? The weeping is the suffering that you, that you, you experience when they are trying to bring God's thoughts. You know, they're trying to change it. When, when you see it, you're trying to change a carnal man. Yes, see, become spiritual. Well, you'll be hearing all kinds of crying from the soul. The soul will be. There is no, nobody takes, become, become spiritual with composure. <laughs> Amen. No one becomes what? Spiritual with what? Composure. With composure. Just very composed. Okay, what's the next learning? Ah. What's the next thing? You don't become spiritual that way. There are many times when you get, I'm going, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Why are we even, what's the point of this? Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are, that's the, the nature of, that of, that's what Christ is for. One of the signs of Christ makes men weep. It makes men weep. It makes men, it makes Christ makes men despair of, of, of life. Imagine everything that is sweet to you, he wants to take it away so that you can to develop another taste of sweetness to you. You can't go from sweet to sweet. This one is sweet. Ah, bring the new one. Ah, that one is sweeter. Whoa, I love this. It doesn't, go, it doesn't go that way. If they want this one to taste sweet to you, this one, they must make it bitter. And the process of making bitter, Christ is the, Christ is the bitter water of God. That was the first sign in the wilderness. When they came out of Egypt, as soon as they crossed Red Sea, they were jubilating and they're moving forward. They just land, they hit, say Mara. Mara means bitter water. <laughs> bitter water. That's a, that is a sign in the spirit. They turn and came, look, we came here. We didn't come here to... To, for Egyptian gyration. That's not the reason. God had to tell them that you have, we came here. This is a different terrain entirely. In this place, men cry. <laughs> Praise God. In the wilderness, that's why you see, you see grown men crying. Grown men. Why? Because, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Old men, some of them. You see, means they lost their... They lost their person. Imagine you just see your, your person going. Some of them, 
all of their life, they had certain occupation in Egypt. This one, you know, I'm a, I'm a bricklayer, that one, that's his pride. That in his whole family, we all lay bricks. And we, we've perfected it. That's the identity. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when you come to there's nothing to do. Everything that shapes you as a man is gone. So you see an old man begin to murmur like a child. Some of them began to gossip. And began to, some of them started behaving like, <laughs> praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's, that's, the, that's the purpose for Christ. That you can't take and you can't bring Egyptian kind of enjoyment and then they just next day you are in the promised land with Egyptian soul. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God can never do that. God has to, he has to bring out, bring a terrain of the wilderness that, that breaks the soul, that makes the soul bitter. It means he has to push them through the evening. You have to endure the evening. Why? What is the evening? The evening is is when you see your day disappearing. Hey. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see your, what, what day? The day that you are used to. You see the day you are used to. And I, I'm, I'm talking so language. If you can hear me, hear me. You know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about your things. I'm talking about our things. Our, these are the challenges that we face. Amen. Some of us, that's when, when, we, become, when we begin to slow down. It's fear. When you see your day going, you see your day, and then they begin to move you into, into the night, and the night is not nice. Praise God. Why is the night not nice? And during the day, it's easy. You can plan your way. You, see, you can see very long. You can see far away. Five years ahead. <laughs> Praise God. When, when men are under the day, they plan their life. They do all kinds of things. Some people can even have decade-long plan. And the, the, the evil light, amen, that the enemy brought, he makes sure that that light is powerful. That he makes sure, is it, how far do you want to see? You want to see your next 40 years? We can show you your next 40 years upon the earth. How, we can show you what to do to arrange yourself. Amen. And that is to bring a false sense of peace and, what, and satisfaction to, what, to the soul. But when they want to help the soul, they have to bring the soul into an evening time. You see this? Evening is what, when the sun set. May every evil son of your life begin to set. Amen. And, and, and may it set in such a way that you have no control over it. Amen. The same way that you can't, you can't, there's nothing you can do, but the sun must set. Amen. You cannot negotiate it. The Lord will make you bring it to a place where you can't negotiate the setting of that sun. That mercy will be so powerful over you that, that heaven, will, they will make up their mind that, look, they must change your day. They have to bring you they have to bring your soul into a new day. Praise the Lord. So you have to go in. Then, then there's the thick of night. That's the hardest time. That's when wailing increases. Cry increases. Why? Because in the, in the thick of night, night is, night is powerful. <laughs> night is what? The, the day is powerful. But night is powerful. The Night is more powerful than the day, than the evil day. The night, which night is what brings strong men to a halt. It brings a strong men to a halt. You see, a, a man who walks all day 
Nothing can stop him. At night, you see him. He's immobilized. He's snoring like a baby. Why? Because there's nothing to do. You don't, you can't, there's, no, there's no light to, 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 to walk. So it's very clear that what sponsors sin is light. Evil light. Praise the Lord. Uh, be when everyone says, oh, I can see into the future. For, for most men on the earth, the more far they can see, the higher they are seen. Praise the Lord. The, more, the farther you can see, what? Because the eye that is seen is called, they call it an evil eye. It's an evil eye. When an evil eye looks, what does he see? He sees evil. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So the Lord has to bring the soul into what a night season, cause the former day to depart. And then after some time, you will see a new day begin to arise. That's, that's the awesome time. That's when the Bible, what the Bible calls joy, the coming of joy, the joy that, that comes in the morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so there is joy. It doesn't mean there's no joy in the night. That's not what I'm saying. It's not, it doesn't mean there's no joy in the night, but it's not the same. The joy of the night is different from the joy that cometh. They are not the same thing. The, the joy in the night, you must count it joy. So the joy that, what you count joy, is not the same as the joy that cometh to you. Uh, praise God, it's not the same thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? One of the, well, how they know that his soul has, has, is ready to graduate from the night is, is the skill of counting things joy. Right, they will, they will train the soul to. So the sign, when you can count something joy, like I was talking about changing of taste buds, right? This taste was nice before, right? But they will now introduce bitterness in that taste. Then when you are able to joy in that state, that is the kind of joy that Christ brings to the soul. You, are, you have to enjoy in the, take joy in the removal of your filthiness. At first, you will first be angry. That, it always starts that way. Say, God, why can't I just do what I want to do? Why are you, why, do, why are you the enemy of, oh, praise God. I wonder if you have felt before that, I wonder if you have felt before that you were happy before you became serious with God, that you, were, you felt somehow. <laughs> That, praise God. But you feel like, because of your interpretation of happiness, that to you, happiness is being free to do whatever you want. Like, the Bible was saying that when you're a child, you go wherever you, but when you become mature, you will now stretch out your hand for somebody else to take your hand and to lead you. That's the sign of maturity. When, when you see a child, it's a, a soul that complains about submission. It's a, that's one of the first signs of what? Of a child. That the, the sign of, a, of not, not even a child really, is a, or an infant, is, 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 is the joy in destructive freedom. The, 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 the pleasure of destructive freedom, the freedom of nothing restrains me, you know, I'm free to just do whatever. I you know there's something about that, that excites the soul. It's an excitement. 
right? You now, now see that one of the, the biggest promise of Satan is freedom. Because he knows the soul, he knows the soul likes to be free. So, like in, like in, in Egypt, this is the kind of freedom that Israel found in Egypt. You know that? You know that, that Pharaoh was, a, was like a god. He was too wise. Too wise. Instead of saying that, taking the Israelites and then, let's say you shared them to all the families of Egypt and say, each of you have one Israel as a slave. Really, you could have done that. You just share them as slaves. As they are giving birth, you just take the child when it's young, dash that child to the to family. And, but he didn't do that. That's one way. Instead, he created a land for them called Goshen. Let it, it, will, let it feel like a, a, their own place. And I'm sure in Goshen, they have their, maybe they have their own government. It's possible. They have their own things that they do. But that was, that was a serious one. Why, why, why that kind of operation? It's so that the thought that they are in bondage or that would occur to them. But he has defined the perimeter of everything they can ever do. Are you seeing that? So that kind of, that's the sense of freedom that the canal, you know, canal nature craves that kind of freedom. Canal nature craves the kind of, so that's the, the kind of freedom the devil gives, which is you are free now. There's nobody around you. You don't need to do anything. Don't submit to anybody. Don't worry about Just do whatever you want. But the control of what you can ever be is in your nature. The devil knows that. With, with your freedom, in fact, you will use that freedom to die even more. Because he knows that he's not scared. Satan is not scared of a free man. There's one thing that he's not afraid of. The devil, he's, he's, not, he's not afraid that if he sets you free, you will go and find God. <laughs> he's not afraid of that. Why? Because the, the place where you, he puts you and is giving you freedom is within the borders. The, there are borders around the soul that can never venture into where God is. It's not possible that in your freedom, you know, there's a way that Something can deceive you that I don't subscribe to all this kind of Christianity. I like the one of me just being free to just know God just by myself on my own, secretly. Satan likes that kind. He likes that kind because he knows that he can, we are the one who thinks he, when he sees a man, he sees the limitation of their being. Satan, he knows them. He knows what man is. Not just him. God knows. All of heaven, they know the limitations of man. They know that if you give a carnal soul, a corrupt carnal soul, a Bible, and you and read this every single day of the year, that after that, the, the, that scripture will minister to its corruption and make it better. Ah. Well, I, mean, I mean that it will make it more, it will make him more wise in corruption. More crooked. You see what I'm saying? That when you, when you are reading the scripture, the, the kind of, the, there's an administration around reading. Praise God. And anytime, and this book is powerful, anytime you open the book, there are a lot of spirits that are interested in that book. They are interested because they can use that book to teach, to bring instruction. Where do, 
Where do strange doctrines come from? Where do, um, praise God. There are a lot of things. When the Lord wants to begin to bring, establish us in righteousness and bring the correct learning of scripture to us, a huge part of that journey is the removing of things we've learned before in Christianity. Now, now, who taught all those things? Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Amen. So that kind of bondage, the, the strongest bondage is the bondage where the person who is in bondage doesn't really know they're in bondage. That they are ignorant of, the, of their own bondage. And moreover, you, you try and give them a sense of freedom, which is false and which is not. <laughs> are you getting my point? Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. So I was just talking about the, the preparation of God. That's, that's what I'm saying, that, that God... Um, as this, his life is prepared, but there is a preparation that comes before his own life, which is the preparation of Christ, which is the, it's not only the day that is prepared, the night is also a preparation of God, right, to turn what the, to, to flip the day, praise the Lord, in a soul, and then the sign that the soul will graduate from the night is when it begins able to count things joy. Like after much despair, God, why can't I just live the life I want to live? God, why are these things? Why is this, all this order, this pattern, all of these things here? Why do I have to conform my life to something else? Why can't I just define my own way? You know what I mean? But, and then those are, the, those are the kind of complaints when they are bringing someone into the night. But when, after a while of complaining and complaining, if the heart is true, and if the heart is stays, and if the heart is, is diligent in the ninth time, after a while, you will make peace. You will make peace with what? You will, you will make peace with the night. That's the, the, the time of great blessing. When you make what? You make peace with the night. The sign of making peace with the night is that you will now begin to count it all joy. So passing through all the diverse trials and then calculation. Your ability to count it joy is what will jo- call forth the joy of the morning. It's what will call forth, are you getting what I'm saying? God doesn't, God doesn't, God is joy. Praise God. But God is a joy that only comes to a soul that is compatible with joy. Right? So, God, when God, I mean God himself, when God comes to you, you must not find him bitter. You must not, are you getting what I'm saying? You must have, you, before God comes to you, you must have already done away with all those other things. Those things, there are some things, when it was talking about touching all the unclean things and all of that stuff. Those unclean things are the things which men brought in from the, from the evil day. Yes, that, that, that the night is supposed to take away and the night is meant to purify from the soul. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, I have not seen or heard what things God has prepared for them that love him. If you, can, if you want to open it, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 
chapter 2, praise God. He said, but those things that he has, he has revealed them to us by his spirit. He has revealed them to us by his spirit. Praise God. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen. So, he searches all things, yea, then the deep things of God. So, you're seeing the, the ministry of the spirit. That's the real ministry of the spirit. It's, so, the Holy Spirit is not yet ministering yet. If he is not yet searching out the depths, right? Searching out first all things. That's the first dimension. All things. Then what? Deep things of God. Now, when you say all things, normally are from Scripture, all things, first of all, talks about the realm of Christ first. Do you agree? That when you say all things, you know, Christ is, is a theme in God. And I'll be honest with you, Christ is, you know, God created before. Then God created again. Praise God. God created twice. There are two creations. Two creations, which the Bible speaks of. The, the first one is obvious. But the second one is hidden. He was, to, to, to discover the second one, he must be looking for something. Do you know that the concept of Christ as a new creation, do you know it's very foreign? Most, most learners of the Bible, you see, if you go and ask a theologian in the Bible school, who is not born, who is not a Christian, but who studied the Bible, and there are many of them. In fact, a lot of teachers of religion, and many of them are not even Christians. So, a lot of the students of the Bible and a lot of people who are of other, sometimes other religions who look at the Bible sometimes, like Jews look at the Bible sometimes, the ones who are really studious. Even some Muslims look at the Bible sometimes, praise God. But you see, I'm just, and I'm showing you those are crop of men who, when you think about some kind of theological sense, they should have. So the best of men with theological sense who have looked at the Bible, most of them, many or almost all, have no concept of the second creation of God. If you ask them, okay, who is Christ? The, the first thing they think about is Yeshua who lived in Nazareth and all that, who died and who claimed to be the son of God and everything and claimed to be coming. I guess not that description of Jesus. When you ask the Jew, who is Christ? They say, yeah, Christ is the, is, well, is the Messiah, is the one who Christian came to the Messiah, who we don't believe is the Messiah, but is the one who Christian believe. I say, who is the Messiah? Well, Messiah is the person who is supposed to be the, the king who should come to the people of God. So there are all kinds of def, def, definitions around Jesus. Do you see that? I, I'm, I want to show you something. Praise God that when you then come to Christians, not just other people now. I'm talking of Christians, many Christians who are born again. And you tell them, okay, can you tell me about, the, about Christ? They say, yeah, Christ, Jesus, is the Son of God who died for us. 
so that we can be born again. And then we'll go to heaven. One day he will come back and we'll go to heaven. And, but that's not the question you ask them. You ask them, tell me about Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Are you, see, are you seeing how hidden the second creation of God is? You don't understand me. How hidden what? The, how hidden the second creation of God is. Amen. Even when they say, ah, oh, when I became born, you know, they quote Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, or they will, a Christian will quote it, that, well, if any man be in Christ, a new creature, all things are passed away. But all things now, now. When the, most, the average Christian says that thing, they don't see the light of the second creation. What they see is that, ah, I'm not a different person. No. Yeah. The things I used to do, I do them. That is like the concept of new creation. Wow, you, now be, you are now new. We now behave in a new way. <laughs> most Christians don't have the light. More than that, that we just behave in a new way. Wow, you are now new. But there's a great revelation in that scripture. And the concept that God created again after God created the first time. That God then came again and brought forth what? A new creature or a new creation. Praise God. Then in that second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that if any man be in Christ, that he is a new creature, then all things are passed away. And then behold, all, you see the word, all things there again. Do you see that? Then behold, all things have become new. All things, then I explain, then all things are of God. All things are of God. So, all things. So, oh, what are you talking about here? What are we talking about? We're saying, so, so you mean that you, the creation, the same way the first creation was the creation of things, then a man who those things were created for. It, things, and a man who those things were created for is the same thing with the word, second creation. That the second creation is, is actually, is the, is, the comp, is the creation of a new world entirely. So, is the creation of a man and things for that man. Is another, and another, Another wall, like the same way God created, the Bible was speaking, he created everything, heaven and earth, created the trees, created the animals, created all of that. Then he then formed man. And then when he formed man, the man later, he breathed into him. The man became a living soul. And he could look around, wow, all of these things that God has actually created. And that man could relate with the habitat and with the creation 
of God, which is the, the first creation. And their dealings with that creation, God was talking to him concerning, you see this garden? You can now begin to till the garden. You can now begin to do things with this creation. There's a relationship which you ought to have with the first creation. That's the same way it is with the second creation. That the second creation consists of the new man and his things. Am I making some sense to you? It's what? The, it's the new man and then with thing and his things. So all, you see, the new man and his things, uh, they consist of the world of all things. So, not, right? So that now, if any man be in Christ, a new creation, then to that man, all things are passed away. And behold, all things have become what? Have become new. But you see that God now made sure that along with the, the bringing in of the new creation, God now also brought in sort of a, a new medium. So that creation, the new creation and its things, God didn't leave it there. So it's not a new planet that you're traveling to. So, okay, okay, we have all these things. Let's go there and get it. It's not that. You can't travel there to get it. The way, how you travel into the new world is you must gain access into the, the spirit where God hid the new creation. So God did not bring the new creation into the present creation. But God actually, God actually created something new in, in his spirit. He's inside is inside the ghost. And you, you should be able to understand that concept. It's a concept in God. You saw the same concept in Genesis. After he, heaven and earth, you saw the Holy Spirit was there right at, the, right at the beginning. And most of everything that he was created was, was actually using the, the Spirit. So, so there's one thing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is actually the, um, is the, the Holy Spirit is the means, is the, is the, is the governor of, cre- of God's creation. Right? Is the, the Spirit of God is the what? Is the, is the governor. Anything that is a, that is a creature, anything that is a creature, the, the Spirit of God, it has, um, it has the, Amen. There's something about the, the, the spirit of God is the, is the medium between God and his creature. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know if I made any sense to you. The, the, spirit, the spirit of God is sort of like a medium between God and what? And his creation or God and his, and his creature. Praise God. So, but the new creation, the new creation for now to God, 
the new creation is the only creation now. Why? Because to God already, old things are already passed away. So, so if you ask God now, God has one creation. And then everything outside that is not a creature anymore to God. Praise God. Anything below that is not what? It's not a, it's not a, it's not a creature. It's not a creature to God. That's why everything outside that is, is not within the realm of all things. Right. Yes, sir. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things are of God. Who had what? Reconciled us back God to himself. Praise God. Now, all things are of God now. So, it means that the realm of all things are things that are of God. And all those things that are of God are things which have value in, um, they have value and they have function towards God, towards God himself. You see the Bible is almost divided into two, two kinds of, um, and thank God for the scripture. The scripture preaches about, talks about the things that passed away. And he also talks about why? Because you can't just leave all the things that passed away and then just begin to talk about the new things. Why? Because man is still, man is passing away with those things. So, so you see the Bible came down to where man is. The man who is passing away, that's the corrupt man who is passing away with things. Things are passing away. Man is passing away with things. The scripture has to come down to where he is and try and do, do what? And try and raise him back up so that that man can, can shift into the world, into the realm of God. Amen. Amen. Now, everything I'm saying, don't think outward. First, don't think about what. First of all, let's just let's gain this understanding more in the soul. Right? Because you see, that's so, so it means that the soul that is, um, can, the, the soul can be old and passing away. Yes, sir. After a while, they can then make the soul new. And then make the soul new and then immune the soul to corruption. So, what that means is that the soul can take journey from the what? The, the old creation and take journey into the new. Now, when he's going to the new, the spirit of the man is waiting for him there. That's one, when you get born again, 
Your spirit is waiting for you in the new creation. By God says, all of us, all of us, our spirit is waiting for us in the new creation. The, the spirit, your spirit man is waiting for you to appear in that world. Not just your spirit, Christ is there. Amen. There are, and there are, there are beings there who are, who are waiting for you to do what? To appear. They're waiting for your soul to come. So you're seeing that the soul is in the transition. Yes. By God, as we are learning, is to, is to make all things pass away. So, so you now understand that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that applies to the spirit, which is what we, can, we talk about, new birth. Yeah. Then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 must happen to the spirit, which by God's grace has happened for all of us. Yeah. And after a while, they will now say, hey, don't run away. Still come back to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Yeah. That has happened to spirit. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.17 must happen to soul now. Because if any man be in Christ, if spirit man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If soul man be in Christ, he will be in a new creation. Then even outward man, you don't believe he can be in Christ? For sure he can. Of course he can. Of course he can. Is he a man? He can be in Christ. So it means that there is there is, a, there is a kind of body that, how do you know that the, the, the body, the, the new, the, a body has, has moved into the new creation? is when it serves the new creation soul without questions, without resistance. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, but, but let's, we are zeroing in on the soul now, right? Bringing the soul into the, into the new creation of God. Yeah, so the, the reason for the spirit is for to, so that back to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, right? That, 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 that um, I has not seen nor ear heard Neither has he entered the heart of any man what God has prepared for them that love him. But he said he has revealed them to us by what? By his spirit. For the spirit searcheth what? All things. So the spirit searcheth all things. Now what? Searcheth is, is searcheth the realm of all things. So what is the world of all things? It's very clear now. The spirit searcheth the world of the new creation. So you mean that this, the Holy Spirit moves in the world of the new creation. The same way he moved upon the face of the deep. In the, new, in the world of the new creation, the Spirit of God also, he searched all things. And then, in the world of all things, there's the realm of the deep things of God. It's a, it's a further search of the Spirit. So it's very clear that the realm of the deep things of God are the realm of things that are prepared in his sight. Things in the and all the things of God's own day. Praise the Lord. Now, what, what I'm describing to you is to make you now see the, the concept of what the Bible calls truth. Uh-huh. So you now see what is truth? Truth are the things of the new creation. Another way to put it is truth is something that will not pass away. 
is so if something is today is and then tomorrow is not, is it truth? There is nothing, so you now say there's nothing of the present creation that, that is what? That is truth. Because the Bible has already prophesied the end yes. of, of such things. Right? So truth is what? Things, things that will not pass away. So you now see why, you see why God's concept of all things is truth. Because God's eye doesn't see things that, that pass away. Praise the Lord. So, then you now realize the, the reason for the, the giving of, of the spirit of truth. So, Holy Spirit has been, the first time we saw the spirit of God was in Genesis. And the Holy Spirit has been around since Genesis. It wasn't, the Holy Ghost didn't come to the earth on the day of Pentecost. How many of you believe that? You don't believe? Not the way they wrote that place. They were all together and the, uh, praise God, in the upper room and then they came a mighty rushing wind and they appeared unto each of them, tongues of fire and all of that and then the Holy Spirit, Amen. So it sounds like that was the day the Holy Ghost came to the earth. That's not true. The Holy, we saw Holy Ghost since Genesis. And the Holy Spirit has been on the earth since. There is no part of... Uh, the, praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit has, has been around since. But the giving of the Spirit, that what happened in the... In the New Testament, when the new creation came, was the giving of the Holy Spirit to man. Is the giving of what? The word? <laughs> the Holy Spirit has been on the earth. In fact, when the first time we saw the Holy Spirit, man wasn't even existing. God hasn't even created man. We already saw the Holy Spirit. So it means it's telling you that the, the presence of the Holy Spirit on the earth had nothing particularly to do with man per se. It's just God and His Spirit doing His Spirit can do whatever He wants. It's just He can be around. And God can even make His Spirit rest upon, let's say, a prophet. Like those prophets who prophesied about Jesus, Isaiah, many of them it was the Spirit. And, and He could then cause the Spirit to do things around men, to inspire men to all kinds of things, praise the Lord, by God, but it was God with his, by his spirit, using his spirit on the earth. It was God using his spirit, what, on the earth. It's not the same thing as what happened to, to the new creation, where, as Ephesians chapter 1 put it, they now gave the spirit to you as the earnest of your inheritance. Amen. Amen. When Jesus Christ was saying, I have things to say unto you now, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, that spirit of truth was already around. In fact, at what point he said that that spirit is with you 
and shall be in you. That was Jesus talking to his disciples. So it means that as they were in their communion, that spirit was around them. He said it was actually, so Holy Ghost was with people, with men. You, you can't deny that the spirit of God was with, was with Elijah. He just chose to stay upon his mantle and he would wear it. And the spirit of God chose to be moving with him. But what the, the spirit of God was just with him, fulfilling the purposes of God with him. But he didn't have the spirit as an, what, as an inheritance, as his own. He didn't have the spirit as his own. But it would take an inward ownership of the spirit to bring a soul, to give a soul access to truth. That was what he said, that, that you cannot bear those things now, right? But how be it when he, the word spirit of truth, he will do what? Then he will guide you. So the reason for giving the spirit as an inheritance is for guidance into all truth. So, what is guidance into all truth? It is guidance into the, the world of truth. Guidance into the world of the new creation. Am I making any sense to you? Guidance. When they say guidance into all truth, say, how do you access your world? It is, they must bring the spirit that is the spirit of guidance. Anytime, when you want to make a soul, and that's one thing, that's the blessing that God wants to give to a soul. They want to keep, they want to make, keep making your soul have, be having guidance of truth until one day your soul will fully appear in the world of truth. Amen. Your soul will fully appear where? In the world of truth, which is the realm where your own spirit man is waiting for you to appear. For many of us, our spirit cannot find its counterpart. For, for we'll start, our spirit is in the world by itself. It's almost lonely. Yeah. It, it, when it throws impulses to, into to our mind, it doesn't get an acknowledgement. It's not, it can't, the spirit cannot create, our spirit cannot create conversation. Because it's like you're sending, you know how we, we send probes, strobes, what do they call them, to, to Mars? Praise God. To another, and I'm sure Mars is probably not the only place they've sent things to. Thank God for Mars, things were able to land there and things can come back. They can take pictures. But maybe the other planets they've tried to reach and they just remain no acknowledgement. It's possible that maybe whatever they are sending there cannot reach the realm where that planet is. Like the sun now. Can you send the camera to the sun? It's hard. You can't send a camera to the sun. What will happen? Huh? It means that right now, as we are in this world, that we don't have technology that can create an instrument that can reach to this, this stone and stay there. And maybe take measurements and all that. We don't have what it takes to do that. The sun is too... Is, are you getting what I'm trying to say? It's, it's a different world entirely. Maybe if you can, if you can harness fire, and then we can now harness fire and then shape it. 
If you can take fire, shape it into an instrument, like a camera. That's <laughs> and then we sell it to the store. So it's fire versus fire. So fire so cannot burn. Huh? We don't know the temperature. We can't. We can't. That's why I have not seen. Nor ear heard. So, so imagine a person without the spirit is trying to understand what he became when he got born again. You can't because you, can, you can't see into the world where your spirit is. Even though the spirit is inside you, but it's inside you, but it's in a world that your, your mind, your thought, your understanding cannot see into it. You, can't, you don't have equipment that can travel to where what? your spirit man is and to, to know is he. That's why many of us, you don't have consciousness. It's hard, very difficult to have, to perceive, to have a perception of your recreated spirit. Like, it's very clear the day you got born again, you couldn't perceive your recreated spirit. It's too far. But there will be a time when when the soul is raised. You see, you see, many of Christ's thoughts and impulses that come to you, a lot of times, they are impulses from your spirit man. Yes, from your spirit. They will raise you. There will be a time when, initially, they will start with the Holy Spirit talking to you to raise your soul. Once they can push a part of your soul into the new world, you see, it's not only Holy Ghost that will be communing with your soul. You begin to get signal from your own spirit. And that is, that is the kind of man that God wants. Actually, God, God is actually a spirit and is the father of spirits. God wants to get to a point where he can, he can deal with a spirit that is wearing a soul. Am I making sense to you? So, you are born again, and your spirit is appearing in, in God's world of all things. And God is seeing your spirit here. But, but that spirit can't, is not functional. It's not functional. When God says, Spirit, can we go? Let's go there. The spirit is just there. Because the faculty that goes has it arrived. Do you understand my, my, what I'm saying? The, what, what, is, what do I mean by the faculty that goes? I mean the, 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 the organ, the part of man that's responsible for spiritual deeds, for expression. Yes. The, the, the part of man where his leg is, where his hand is, the part of man that actually can carry out execution of will. That's the, that's the soul of a man, the heart of a man the heart of a man, the soul of a man, the spiritual mind of a man. So if that aspect of you hasn't appeared in, the, in God's world, even though your spirit is there, and every, they can see, ah, and that's the first joy in heaven. Everybody that gives his life to Christ, you now appear, the spirit appears. But 
in heaven when things are happening, in the, I mean in the realm of God, not just heaven now, maybe heaven is not the best way to put it, but in God's own world, which is, what, what do we call that world? The world of all things, or the realm of truth. The realm of all, all things, the realm of truth, which is the realm which, which already exists, where God already is in. That in that world, praise the Lord, that there are things that are called, that when you get there, you will see fully formed Jesus. He's there with God. And there are other men who also have, who arrived at full formation. There are some men which, through scripture, you can deduce some things. Someone like John. John was talking about the fellowship, that which we have, that we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon our hand and then handled. So when hand have handled it, it means it's soul. That, 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 that's the soul has come into the handling of that things, of those things. Praise God. So that thing we have handled, of, of the word of life. So he began to talk about it and he began to talk about the fellowship, that they have actually accessed that fellowship. So, and these things we write unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, for our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you can see then, you, you, one other person you know that you can tell that crossed into that world you know, is Paul, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul. He began to talk about, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I thought if he was crucified with Christ, it's not just, of course, how can a man, if a man physically talking to you, you say, I am crucified with Christ, it's very clear now that it's not his body, his body is not on the cross. So it's, if, if he's there, spirit, soul, and body, it's, sorry, if he's there physically with you, right, and he say, I am crucified with Christ. So, amen. So it's clear that he's not talking about, he's here with you. So, there's another, there's, another as, there's another aspect of crucifixion. Mm-hmm. That whole thing being crucified. It's, another, it's talking about his soul. Yes. The crucifixion of his soul. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, he's not saying I will be one day. No, he said I am crucified as I'm here with you right now. I'm crucified with Christ. Then now it's plain for nevertheless I live. So, as you are seeing me carrying out life, I'm living but you see, yet not I. So when he's saying I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, he's telling you that I took the journey to the cross in my soul. I was crucified and I lived again. So when he said the word nevertheless I live, he's saying that I now I became a new creation. We know that the only way to live again after from the cross of Christ is to be recreated. We know that nobody can get to the cross of Christ and be killed and live their old life. It, it knows that, you know that the cross of Christ is the end of a man. Yes. And when that man ends, another man must come. It's the, it's the end of a creation. Yes. The cross, that, thing, that cross, that sign of the cross is, a, is also a crossroads. The cross is also a place. The cross is actually a doorway into another creation. So where is the door to the new creation? The cross. The cross is the doorway into the new creation. Once you pass through the cross, through there's something about the cross that, 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 that makes one man lie down and make another man rise up. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the, that's, that's the sign of the cross. 
is that what came can never come out on the other side. That something else must come out on the other side. So, so that I am crucified with Christ. The word with Christ means I, I died his death. So there are many things in that revelation. He's saying many things at the same time. What is also, also giving you an insight that Christ's death wasn't also just the physical dying on the cross. That there's another aspect to his own death, which, is, which happened something that occurred in the soul realm of Christ. <laughs> but yet not I, but then what Christ liveth in me. That's the new creation. Right? Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new what, creation. So for, for Christ to so live in him, he must be in Christ. Praise the Lord. So Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the, the faith of who? The Son of God. Who? What? Love. And we know that when you say faith of the Son of God, it's talking about the, the, the faith is the, is the fuel for living. Right? He said the just shall live by faith. Praise the Lord. So, that, so it's very clear. Someone like Paul, that was, Paul was talking about his entrance into the realm of all things. He wasn't talking about the, the, the deep things of God. Right? Because later I wasn't talking about that, no, that I haven't already attained. I know I haven't already attained yet. He was talking about me pressing forward toward the mark of where? Of God. Where? In Christ. In Christ. So there is the access to the life of Christ or coming into Christ. Then the inside the world of all things. You will not find, hey, there is a high calling. That high calling is a, is a calling. When you get to that world, there's only one calling. Everybody in the world of the new creation is called to one thing. That world of the, of the new creation is the, is the world of one calling. Everything there is one, 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 one. When you get there, it's the world of one profession. There's no distribution of professions. Everybody are in the same profession in that world. They are all seeking one thing. That world is the, is the world of Ephesians chapter 4, of, of unity of the faith. When you attain unity of the faith, is when they are able to sum up the different diversities of pursuits of men and bring it, sum it up into one thing, where, where all men seek one thing. We seek one thing. That's the vocation. The, the reason for the new creation is to raise a world. Imagine a, an entire world with one pursuit. An entire creation with one pursuit. With one desire. They call it, Paul calls it the high calling. So Paul was speaking from a place where I don't consider myself to to have attained but one thing I do one thing I do not many things one thing you can't say that you can't say that we can't say that we can't yet say one thing that I do that's the language of a of a of a Christ when you saw Jesus was also talking about this the same language Jesus had that was talking about that the will, my own meat is to do the will of me. It, was, it wasn't, there's so much clarity 
So much clarity. It's not easy to come to clarity. You know that that's, that clarity is what the Bible calls purity of heart. A, a pure heart. Purity means one. One has one thing. One thing. It's a blessed place. That was what Jesus was teaching in the book of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity is Jesus was also teaching it in chapter 6 as that single eye. If your eye be evil, your body be full of darkness. He said, if your eye be single, it will be full of light. That singularity is the singularity of heart that seeks God. So you see that the, 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 the journey of Christ, of the new creation, is to make man singular. To, to remove all the different pursuits. It's not easy to make. You see, you see how our soul is. The, one of the re- main work jobs of the world is to, is to reshape the soul, make it look differently from how God wants it, to make it useless to God, which is how can you make, how do you make a soul dysfunctional? Let the soul have different, give it many eyes. Many, many eyes. When you see, ah, in life, you see, there's a, this is my Christian life, my family life. My this one, my that one. They say to be a successful man, you must be operating on all fronts. Are you getting it? That's the worldly language. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you, you see, one of the main purposes of the, 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 the main focus that of the priesthood to Israel is to bring singularity of focus. They took the level, I forget about everything. Come around this one place, this one building. And the more you move from Levitical life to priestly life, focus narrows. Until it narrows at the point of a high priest, staring before one veil, one door, one realm. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's when the, the, the high priest is a, a being who has arrived at oneness, oneness of focus. One. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You understand me? So, that, that is the, that's what they're trying to heal in us. They're trying to heal the, our, the diversity of, the diversity of focus which the world has taught us. The world will make you feel like you can't focus on one thing. Why would you focus on one thing? They'll be like, life will pass you. <laughs> like things are happening. Life is going at a the pace. There's a way you have to be a, um, you have to be a, a high-functioning individual. I'm not, th- I'm not against high-function, but I say high-function in the right thing. I'm a, I'm a, high, I'm a proponent of high-function. I know God wants high-function. But when they say high-function in the world, what they mean is be, be scattered. Be scattered. Don't be gathered. Don't be gathered. When they spoke about, Moses was prophesying concerning Jesus, right? He's saying, he said that, hey, I'm, coming, I'm sorry we're not reading the Bible too much. I'm just saying many things. But sometimes the, this kind of message is good to bring sight from different. And it's hard to do that if you are reading every single one. Because I must see it as it's coming. If I, if I say, let's read it, I will forget. I will lose the, I get what I'm saying. 
when Moses was prophesying, was speaking concerning Jesus, he was saying that the prophet like unto me shall the Lord God raise, and unto him that shall you hear. Right, that prophet like unto me, Jesus was speaking of himself in that light when he was speaking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you who stole your prophet, you kid who sent, uh, sent unto you. Say, long would I have gathered your children together? But you will not see any more of me until you learn to say what? Blessed is he. So it means that that gathering, the, 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 the school of Christ is to gather, is to, is, to, is to trans out of many one, to create one focus, one devotion, one calling. Praise the Lord. Out of many. Amen. Amen. In, 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 um, I praise the Lord. Jacob was saying in the book of, at the end of Genesis, amen, he was blessing his children. He said that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor what a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and unto him shall the gathering of, of the people be. They say the gathering of the people. But you know, we, we fight being gathered. When you say, okay, they want to gather your soul, you feel like, ah, they want to slow me down. When you say, you say, okay, so you mean is it just this one thing that I will be focusing on? They say, uh, you say, yeah, it's one thing. Ah, uh, no. A lot of times, that one thing doesn't seem interesting. Doesn't seem, you will feel like, ah, if I only start to focus on this one, haven't you removed all the pleasure from life? Isn't this too boring? It's too boring. It's boring because the world is not yet open to you. There is more than enough things in the creation of Christ to occupy your soul. Mm. Wow. God. There are more than enough what? Things. things in Christ to what? To occupy your soul. In fact, God made sure that things in Christ are so many that they, they want to overwhelm you. God has, he has enough things in Christ to overwhelm you. It's a realm, that's why you see that, that realm of the second heaven is the realm of, of multitudes. Or oh, not multitude, that's not the right, oh, not the right word. It's, it's the realm of innumerable. You see an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable hosts. Everything about that realm of the second heaven is in, you must not number it. That's the secret of that world. You can't number the reason why it must make you it's innumerable is that you must flow into God like a stream. When they when it's a way they will they, they will know that you are you are ready to come to God is that righteousness doesn't sit in you one one. Oh, I've done this one today. No, no, is that you? There's a way that you are, you you see they will make a soul like what. They'll make the soul innumerable. I mean, innumerable in righteousnesses. Innumerable in what? Right. You know, you cannot count the righteousness of Christ. You can't count it. Maybe you start by counting. 
But after a while, you will lose count and begin to swim. You begin to what? You begin to swim. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. So I have not seen or ear heard, neither entered into the heart of any man what God has what prepared. The reason is because I has not seen. Why? Because you can't, the eye cannot take the journey. Mm, right? The eye cannot, you can't take the journey from, you can't from your, from the corruptible position look into the world of what God has prepared. Those things, they, must, they have to be revealed to us by what? The Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things here, what? The deep things of it. Uh-huh. Praise God. So, the way, let's go back to First Peter. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Father, we bless your name. So, verse 22, it says that, so, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. You know what that means now. You have to obey the truth through what? Obeying the truth through the Spirit. So, obeying is in guidance. Right? Him guiding you into all truth. As he's guiding, you are doing obedience, right? Of truth, through obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfailing. So you are doing that. The guidance of the Spirit of truth is unto unfeigned love of what? The brethren. Then he says, see that you love what? One another with a what? Pure heart fervently. So, so you cannot love one another with a pure heart fervently if the soul hasn't obeyed the truth through the spirit. All right, so you now realize very, very clearly that what the outcome of obeying the truth through the spirit is a pure heart. So, how the soul arrives at a pure heart is by obeying the truth through the spirit. Say, obeying the truth. Obeying the truth. Through the, spirit. through the Spirit. Obeying the truth. Obeying the truth. Through the word. Through the, through the Spirit. So you cannot now. You cannot separate. 
love, or what we know as love, or we know as charity, you cannot separate love or charity. Which we saw charity in the Bible, we say charity, which is the bond of perfectness, right? That charity, you cannot obey, you cannot, sorry, come into the stature of charity without obeying the word, without obeying the truth. So the, the way to charity is what is difficult to access or to receive. First Timothy put that process of obeying the truth. He described it as first as first Timothy chapter one is he calls it the end of being commanded. So the end of being commanded, that he calls it the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. Praise God. So, it means that charity is an end. Right? And charity is the end of a process of the soul being commanded. That process of being commanded is the process of, the commandment is truth to obey. That is the commandment. It's what? It's truth to obey. Say truth to obey. Truth to obey is the word. So, so charity is not a feeling. Right? Charity is not what? A feeling. Charity is not a feeling. Charity is not a state of mind. It's not a feeling. Charity is not a state of mind. Charity is the outcome in his soul from obeying truth through what? Or obeying the commandments of truth. So if a soul wants to be charitable, but is ignorant or ignores commandment of truth, that soul can never attain what the Bible calls charity out of a what? Pure heart and of a what? Good conscience and of faith on fame. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you're you seeing the summary now. So you see that what, what the entire, the second heaven is teaching, is meant to teach the soul. The ministry of the second heaven is to make a soul obedient to truth. All right. How do I, let's now describe that obedience of truth. We can just stay there and then we can close from there. Amen. What does, it mean? what does it mean to obey truth? It means that when you are, if you, um, maybe you live at home with somebody and you say, okay, the way to, best way to run this home is 
once a month or once in two weeks, we all come together and we go and buy provisions for the home. Right? And then we buy provisions, we do it together. And praise God so that the home can be run properly. So that we have provisions at home. When it's time to eat, we have food to eat. Amen. That makes sense. And then when someone says, wow, they always go to the shop together. Oh, such an awesome whole household. Oh my God, I love this. But that, that organization is, came, out, came out of common sense. It means that anything outside that is not common sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, praise God. If you don't do things like that, it means that you will just, you will just be living and there's no food most of the time. You're always ordering food. You're always <laughs> buying things and all that. So that is just common sense. That is just someone whose, whose spirit is dead can do that. Right. That thing, decision, whatever that thing is, that for everybody to align with that arrangement did not come from the world of all things. Hmm. It just came out of common sense. Praise God. So just, I'm just following that kind of order and organizing and responding to life in that kind of way cannot produce charity out of a pure heart. So that's an example. I'm trying to teach you something that. There's, there are many things, reasons there. Why? Because that decision you made is just a normal decision. It's just in your best interest. It's just, it's just that a lot of people don't do things in their best interest, naturally speaking, because of all kinds of things. We just, some people are not fully like, you know, we don't think properly sometimes. Amen. But well, you became my, my point is that a lot of the things, there are many things that when you see that they are nice, they are good, they seem, wow, this is awesome. You see decent things to do. But when you trace the, what is being done, it's just a wisdom of how it's in your interest, just something that you, you should do normally. And those are not bad. I'm not talking against that. Am I saying you shouldn't go and do groceries? It's the logical thing to do. You should do. You should. What? But what I'm, my point to you is that a person who can easily respond to that because they have a good sense of what should be done, right? There will be some things that when that the spirit can bring from that world which are, 
which are what? Commandment. Say commandment. The commandment of the Spirit, which he fetched from the word of truth. And they say, now this one, do this one. You see, a lot of souls who fail. That's why when they were teaching about charity, First Corinthians 13, they didn't just jump into it. It's not First Corinthians 13, chapter 1, charity is patient. I know. They have to give you a contrast. They have to tell you, look, this charity thing is deep. Don't be too excited about this love. Which love? The love out of a pure heart. Don't, don't, don't assume that you know what it looks like. And don't assume that what you are doing is it. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, that First Corinthians 13, they began to show the extent of what can be nice, but not charity. And the peak of it was somebody who will give themselves to be born. So if you give yourself to be born and you had not charity. So Somebody, so it means that in that person who found a very, very nice, noble idea to give themselves to be born, that it's possible that that instruction didn't come from the world of truth. It didn't come from the realm of all things. It's not an instruction from the realm of truth. Praise the Lord. But it's just something that he just calculated. This is a nice cause. This is a, this is a good cause. Let's give ourselves to it. That, so a natural man can muster up such a decision. But it's not, it doesn't count in the world of charity. It means that that decision, though nice and noble and everything, is not pure. It's not, it didn't come. So when it says it has no charity, it means that what he's doing is not coming out of a pure heart. It's not coming out of what? A pure heart. Praise God. What is, what is this? What is the meaning of obeying the truth through the spirit? Obeying the truth. That's what produces charity. Charity is obeying the truth through the spirit. I've, I've took time to, dis, dis, to explain what truth is to you. Right? Truth is the message of the new creation. Is the message of another man, another being entirely. So, so it means that, that there, are, there are a lot of things that, and this is also one of the nature of truth, that a lot of times what is truth is not in, if what you say is your best interest, according to you, is not your, really best, your real best interest. God is the one who has your best interest. <laughs> right? And when it comes to his interest, it's very, very simple. He wants to bring you into the world where he has raised your spirit into. Anything short of that is not um, in your best interest. That's not part of the thought. Yeah, I know the thought I have toward you. A thought of good and not of evil. To bring you into an expected end. That would expected means it's an end that we have already finished. We've, we've solidified and we've, we've ended the conversation about your end. Where it's an expected end. But rather... Those end, that end generates thoughts. They are thoughts which I have towards you. So God has thoughts. So when you, when you want to summarize God's, God's thoughts towards you have to do with your end. 
do you get what I'm saying? That God is not a playful kind of being. Like that. He's playful, but you know what I mean? It's not like that kind of... It's not, it's not, God is not an unserious entity. He's not a joker. You know what I mean? And he's not into wasting your time. God is all about all that. He, when he looks at the soul, is to, is to, he wants to produce an expectation. It's, it's an expectation in his heart which he wants to produce. It has to do with where you should end up. That's the thought. So the, the thought of God about you is concerning where you should do what? Where you should end up. Amen. Amen. So when it comes to that thing of interest, men act according to their interests. And you see a lot of the organization of, of the earth is according to men's interest. What man perceives to be his interest. But the problem is that man's perception of his interest is not in alignment with the end of God. How do I know? I had not seen, nor ear heard. Do you understand what I mean? It's, if, it didn't, if it didn't come through the spirit, if it's not something that was revealed to you by the spirit, it doesn't mean that it is something like I was talking about that one, going to grocery. You don't say, okay, must I wait and say, Holy Ghost, reveal to me, should I go for No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that nice, go to your groceries, organize your home and everything, but don't mistake that for what? For charity. Don't confuse those things. So you see souls who, especially if you're in an environment where there isn't too much sight of things, you see souls who, and when you just check, when you, this is just the righteousness, this is just like that rich young ruler. When Jesus was being telling him, go and do this, go and do that. He said, ah, I've kept from my youth. But, but in, Jesus knows that this man, you've not done anything that matters. But such a young man, for him to be a rich young ruler, he's celebrated in Israel. He's a standard for young people. You know, this guy, if you can just be like this, he gives to the poor when it's time to give. You know, he, he has, probably has a lot of wisdom. He has enterprises. He has things. You get to know what I'm saying? Just normal stuff. Praise God. But, but when God is looking, God doesn't, God doesn't, he doesn't count those things. God doesn't count. So there are many things that are nice that we do, but God is not counting them. Ah, I, I didn't insult anybody today. Ah, thank God. Yo, if you used to insult people before and today you didn't insult you have stopped, but um, it, it might just be that you figured out that insulting people is not, doesn't because get, you doesn't, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> you find out that after a while you don't really have too many friends, and people don't like coming around you. Hey, man needs to change you. Are you getting what? That's not, a, that's not a breakthrough moment. Uh, a lot of people who are not even born again have come to such realization, yeah. and, they, and they've changed their ways. Do you, are you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Ah, such a nice person. You might not even be the nicest person on your street. Do you get what I mean? And, and you're not in the street of everybody. Everybody on your street are not... 
they are not um, living in the second heaven. Do you understand what I'm trying to So I'm trying to separate between just the nice behavior versus instruction in righteousness or what I'm calling obeying the truth through the spirit. Obeying what? The truth through the spirit. So what you call truth comes by revelation. And the truth of the new creation, those are high truth. You understand most of the truth of the new creation are against the truth of men's life and men's interest. On the earth, as far as interest is on the earth, against the truth of men's interest. And a lot of times the instructions of charity comes against your best interest the interest of your, your, your hidden life, your secret life. Now, when they say, it's, it's in your heart, really in your heart, look at this, this one now. And say, look at him. And accept inside your heart that he's better than you. Jesus. And prefer him. And prefer him. Okay. Praise God. And then prefer him. Prefer him to you. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Are you seeing that kind of instruction then? Okay, that's one part. Then they don't say, okay, since you've agreed, it's better than you and you should prefer him now. From today now, don't look on your own things. Mm. Look on the things of another. So you, you see the heart with which you carry your matters and eh? all those that you, you carry your, your things. You, you, you care for your things. Now, stop doing that now. Take his own things and care. Now, that's, the, that's the opposite of your best interest in the natural. Now, there is no institution on earth that can give you that instruction. Even your father can never advise you that kind of give you that kind of advice. <laughs> but do you know that, that that's that, those are the kind of things from you see that realm of all things. The realm of Christ, that is the the beginning of that world, is such consciousness. That thought, or that thought I just explained, is a spiritual thought. You cannot find that in any other text anywhere. There's, even if you find it in some, let's say, let's assume it's written somewhere in Quran, it's a lie. Are <laughs> <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? You cannot find such things on the earth where, are you seeing that thing that's to do with a man's, when I say your life, I don't mean dying for somebody else. Like, I'm an activist and I'm going to die for a cause. No. You just died for your name. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Obeying the truth 
See, you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love. What is the meaning of unfeigned love? Unfeigned, something that is feigned means that an example of feigned love is he that giveth himself to be burned because it's noble to do. That's a feigned love. So unfeigned love is, is a love that doesn't come out of faith unfeigned. Right? First Timothy calls it faith of feigned charity out of a pure heart, of a good conscience, and of faith, that is what, and faith unfeigned. Amen. So, so unfeigned love is it comes out of a heart that is pure, pure. Based on a pure, a pure heart is a heart that has allegiance, that has allegiance to nothing but the truth, that has only allegiance to the truth. And the greatest allegiance of a man is the allegiance he has to himself. Do you get that? The, and any, any man who still has allegiance to himself can never have allegiance to the truth. He will, not be an, he will not be obeying the truth. If you still, if you are still conscious of your own interest, it's hard for, for spirit to give you guidance. It's hard. You would not, you would, you would think of everything but that thing that you are supposed to do. The world has crafted men that man is so much positioned against the um, occurrence of truth. That's why I has not entered into the heart of anything. I has not seen and as he heard and as he entered because of there's something that's reframed man to think in one kind of sense. That when you are in that sense, that those things called the instruction of truth cannot come to you. You, the soul cannot bear them. You cannot bear it. You can't bear such things. Praise God. Hallelujah. You will be bearing other things, like a basket that can carry stones. But when you pour water, it cannot bear water. No matter how hard it tries, it can't bear water because of it is too porous for us. So, so the world and the way we've been conditioned has made ourselves, our souls, too porous for the instructions of truth. And there are many, in, there are many inward reactions. The way we react to truth are different in varying degrees. Right? When truth is coming... For some of us, the reaction to truth is an, it's like an ignorance. You know what an ignorance is? It's like maybe something is going on here. This is how you are supposed to react in, in truth. And then we'll just, we'll just be around the issue. We keep talking and talking, ah, about this, that, this, that. Ah, you say, wow, I thought about this. So. Ah, but can we do it this way? What about the other one you made? Day one, day two, you are still talking about the matter. But in all your brainstorming, the truth you are supposed to do will never come. Even if you, you, you might be seeing it a little, you turn your face away from it. Because of an inward word, an inward frame 
the, the, the heart, the soul sees truth as an impossibility. The, the way the, the soul will see truth is, hey, for, for, for me to do it that way, I will have to die. And then dying is not part of the conversation. Because you know that for you to do it that way, the person who will do that can never be you. You know that you, that, ah, that particular one. But you don't know that the removing you is what the spirit of truth came to do. And that's, that's the main agenda of the spirit of truth. That's where it's what, that's where it's flowing from. Praise the Lord. So, you now see that it's not every heart that is open to the, to the ministry of the Spirit. Like, you can have the Spirit, but not be enjoying the ministry of the word, Holy Spirit, because... When the Holy Spirit is ministering, he speaks truth. He's, he will tell you when he wants to instruct you. He will give you instruction that. And you will know that men of your world is what they do. But when the Holy Spirit wants to really talk to you, he will now, he will now tell you that this is the standard of people from the, the world where your spirit is. That in the world where your spirit is, the standard is different. It's a different standard. Are you get what I'm saying? That is the spirit. So, so what God, the, the souls that God will, re, will receive are souls that have become so quick with receiving instructions that come from that world, from the realm of truth. Souls that have become quick at what? Receiving what? Instructions from where? From the realm of truth. There are many of us that when you feel like, ah, when you think about the possibilities of maybe your response to something, or as you're charting your life, as you're living, when you think about the possibilities, and you say, ah, my options are A, B, C, and D. When you check it, truth is not an option. You, you first of all remove truth from the options. Then you now come and act as if, ah, this is the exam they gave me. Uh, they only have option A, B, C, and D. Hmm, which one shall we take? It's okay, let's go into prayers now. And then you now go and pray. God, is it option A? Or is it option B? And then option C? Uh, uh, you get what I'm saying? Then after, pray, after all the prayer, then your lost that align with for that particular thing, when I tell you, is option C. That's the best thing you can do. Then you now say, ah, I can't just act on option C. We have to. We can't just act like that. You have to take this stand and submit it to your authority. So you say, ah, I wish I was, this is what happened. I was considering it. You know, it's, you know, it's, I know it's either I do this or do this or you know what I mean. So I prayed about it and I just felt in my heart that it's just option C. So I just, I just say, let me. And you know what? You know what? Even though I feel it's C, but I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm because. I understand submission, so I'm not going to do anything you say to me. (laughs) 
Are you seeing? So it means that in that decision, are you seeing how spiritual that process is? From beginning, you can't follow that process. Praying, the everything, going to submit to authority. Then we say, say, sir, even if, even if this thing, even if you tell me what to do, I'm still not even going to do it. I'm still going to wait and see. In case maybe the, the Lord talks to you again and change. Are you seeing so? And then the poor, was it pastor or whatever? I mean, when he sees how you are coming, you brought the option. Then he's asking that. Amen. Amen. And he knows that for you to produce all this option, you have wrestled with the Holy Spirit. You have, he knows that. So, so if the Spirit of Truth cannot convince you to add the, this option, who am I to tell you? <laughs> Are you getting I'm talking about this deception. I'm talking about that thing that makes you act as if that war doesn't exist. When it comes to the matters of your life, yeah. things that matter, yeah. we act as if we don't, we don't. We don't allow that channel where they can talk to you from the realm of truth. That, that when, they, in, when, when, when considering true things, that this is actually what this season is meant for. There's actually an obedience of truth that is required now for this particular thing. Praise the Lord. But well, you know how the life you are supposed to be is you're supposed to be a you're supposed to have a life where the, the doors of truth are wide open. The gates of truth are wide open. Where the, the Holy Spirit is. You are, you are used to doing things according to their order. You are, you, you are actually seeking opportunity in your life to further the word, the, to further yourself. Right? In this, you realize that it's not possible for you to advance and come into that purity of heart without receiving instructions, right, or commandments that come from the word. So, don't keep seeking for what. Don't. Amen. If you keep setting your own question and answering it, you're not learning. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. Look, I'm passing something across to you. This is the place where the gospel comes alive. All right. This is the place where the gospel comes alive. It's, 
Thank you, Jesus. Right, that was Jesus' teaching. Um, he, we thought about um, the rich man and all that. Then he, after that encounter, he now began to say to them, it's, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the, the kingdom of God. Then the disciples now became discouraged. They said, okay, so who then can be saved? Right? Who then? Who then? Who then? Can you imagine the anger of, like, that was rising up? Some of those disciples, that man was their role model before they met Jesus. Right? In, it's possible that maybe for decades, if, if, we can, if we can only be like this guy, hey, maybe they knew him from when he was young, how he loved God. According love God, according to their standard, how he gave sacrificially, and how he did everything that he did. All the, they saw him while they were young kids, being rascally and everything. They just saw him was obeying the law of Moses, the obeying it. And then they just say, Ah, when he was coming to Jesus, they say, Ah, we, we knew you arrived here one day. We know your whole life has been leading you to meet Jesus. When he was talking, see, Jesus, we told you. This guy is a pure guy. And then Jesus now said, I commended him. I said, there's only one thing left. Go and sell all that you have and give it. So that one, selling all that you have, is the, is the instruction that he left out of the, he didn't, out of the multiple choice, eh? But Jesus found it and touched it. See, there's another, there's another <laughs> option E. <laughs> Jesus brought option E back and said that, can you go and sell? Hey! Sell what? Do you, know, um, do you understand that revelation in that time? That mean? It means that every time when the instruction of truth comes, what that instruction wants to take from you will feel like all that you have. Yes, sir. So, if you're not ready to sell, to give all that you have, that thing, after you've, if you say, okay, I, I did this one, be ready again. You must always be, what, in the mindset of what, giving, as long as it's touching your life, it will feel like all that you have. So it means that you must constantly be in a mindset of what? Of giving, giving all, all that you have. So they say, Lord Jesus, if this man can go away sorrowful, then who, who, who can be, nobody can be saved then. Then Jesus now begins to say, look, look, with man is impossible, but with God, with God. Say with God. With God. With God. With God. With God. Amen. With God. Praise the Lord. With God. Nothing that nothing shall be impossible. He's not talking about your problems in life. That's what we use that thing for. He's not talking about all your things you pray for. With God, nothing shall be possible. Impossible, sorry. I'm not qualified for this job, but with God. I'm not qualified for this pro pro promotion, but with God. I shouldn't get that visa, but with God. But 
just to, to understand what Jesus was talking about, we don't need to run, don't journey too far. Just read that whole place. And he was talking about losing your that thing which is impossible for men. When you say, ah, well, how this, how this is your revelation? How this thing? Well, ah, one day, God will help us, but this thing is not looking too possible right now. That's the sign of impossibility. You think that it's not possible for you to live losing your life. You want, when the, you see this kind of message now, you want to take it, put it in your box of messages and revelation. There are some of you right now, as I'm talking right now, as I'm talking right now, you know you're supposed to take this thing, the way you're supposed to relate with this thing. And then as I'm talking right now, you are seeing that impossibility. It's hanging somewhere around you, somewhere. But you are saying, okay, can this message pass over me today? Ah, it's almost two o'clock. We're going to pray now. Hey, let us pray. But the Spirit of God is talking to you about that your impossibility. That your impossibility. That thing that you said, this one is too hard. I can't give way in this particular thing. I'm going to die. You say, yes, you're going to die. But you're not seeing the other side. Now, when you are crucified with Christ, mm. nevertheless, you live. Nevertheless. Don't be too short-sighted, man. When they want to take something away from you, don't, don't, forget, don't know that this being that wants to kill you He's the resurrection and the life. He, there's another life. House. After dying, there's a life again. There's another life after dying. He said, with God, all what? One place said, nothing shall be in what? Impossible. Amen. The Lord will begin to, to empower your heart with... You move into the world of possibility. You will become a different kind of Christian. Who, that's what makes you a believer. Not that you can believe earthly things, no. A believer is you believe, you believe, you believe, you believe. You can engage, you can engage truth with faith. Through faith you can touch another world, another reality, and import that reality into the present and begin to live your life. You will begin to when hurdles come, through faith, you will scale them. You will scale them. Anything that stands as an important, it can be an obedience, an instruction, a nudging, a little feeling, just something that the Holy Spirit drops into your heart. This is how, what you do this now. Act this way. React this. No, restrain yourself. Don't do this. Just those little promptings, then you will see an, a mountain will stand before you and say, no, 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 no. You can't. You can't do this. From now on, you will begin to gain the strength of God. Amen. The grace of God. Amen. You will begin to live with God. Amen. All the, the impossibility that the natural life has painted, you know, they put us in a box, you must take care of this, cater to these interests. You must think about this first. Before other things, the Lord will give you so much courage Amen. And, and so much, so much strength. Amen. You see, 
purity of heart will begin to emerge. Amen. Purity, purity. Amen. After a while, in the, in the world of all things, you begin to appear. You begin to show forth. So shall it be unto you. Amen. My prayer today is that this will not just be words. Amen. Because I have not spoken my own words. These are not my own things. These are not my... My, my, I'm not, this is not my standard. By, I, by God's grace, I'm speaking the standard of God. I know that this is God's standard. And God doesn't say anything. He doesn't paint anything as a mark, as a promise, without an accompanying grace and ability to get it done. So just, as you're praying now, just begin to see, just begin to see the provision of strength and the provision of grace. Say, so what is that mountain before Zerubbabel? What is that mountain? What is that mountain before Zerubbabel? That mountain will become a plain. Or he will bring forth the headstone with shoutings of grace, 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 grace. Grace, grace, grace. I see, I'm seeing grace coming. Remember, we beheld this glory. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld this glory. His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace, truth comes with grace. It was full of grace. It means for every truth which the Spirit raised, developed in him, there was an accompanying fullness of truth, of grace. For every truth there is grace. For every truth there is grace. The Spirit is a bringer of grace and truth. Just begin to touch and begin to press, press into the grace of God. Begin to press. Grace is what brings truth to pass. It's what makes truth done. So seeing you have purified your soul by obeying the truth through the Spirit. The grace to obey. Obedience. Just begin to connect grace now. Connect grace in your heart. Let's begin to pray. Let the, that channel of communication of truth that from now on you've been hearing the, the, the voice of your own nature for too long. You, you hear too clearly the voice of your own nature. You hear too clearly the voice of the world. You hear too clearly that voice of self-preservation. But begin to pray that from today you begin to hear the voice of truth. You begin to hear the voice of grace. Let the, the world of that instruction open up. The, the realm of commandments. The world of commandments. Let it open up to your soul. May you not be a foreigner to being commanded. 
begin to pray that let the Lord make you rich in commandments. You want to be rich in commandments of the Spirit. Let, let them bring the world of the new creation close to you. The world of all things. Let the, the thoughts of that world, the standards of that world, let it come closer to you. Let them bring it closer to you where that the instructions from that realm will not be far away. They won't be far away. They will be surplus. Oh, the Lord will enrich your life. You will not lack being commanded. You will not lack instructions. Instructions that can make you ascend. That can take you up. Instructions with the, the high standard of God. Mary Pasata Braharamoske Brahanoske. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Thank you, boss. For we have prayed, we have responded, and we'll keep responding, Lord, to your word and to your instruction, I ask. Um, Lord, let the light, the this, this is a light, the sight for any soul that will take it. Let, Lord, this sight remain in us. Amen. We will never forget it. And, and help us as we, uh, as we seek to avail our heart, Lord, to your provision of grace and strength. Because it's not by power nor by might, he said. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. By your spirit. I begin to pray. Push souls and heart, Lord, into the dealings, the spiritual dealings of the Lord. Spiritual dealings. Where we will, we will begin to hear truth. To break down resistances, barriers to, to the receiving of the truth. Help us to receive the love of the truth as you desire. Thank you, our Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Jesus, between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim.